You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 23, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Eli, and with me tonight are... Ben. John. And Scott. We're four guys who collect action figures, statues, and other items for the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our toy of the week is the Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles classic collection, Leonardo, and our discussion topic is Collectors and Conventions. Welcome, everybody. How are we all today? Good, thank you. Yep, good. Thanks, Eli. Great. What have we all been up to this week, John? Thanks for joining us again. What have you been up to? I believe we've gotten you up earlier than you needed to this morning. Oh, that's that's okay. Um, We've actually been getting some rain here, so it's been kind of nice. It was not over 100 degrees, so it hasn't felt like an oven outside the last couple of days. Oh, wow. It's pretty bloody cold here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And what have you been up to, Ben? Uh, not a great deal. Uh, we've got the opposite here. It's uh, full-on winter, so we have uh, days getting down, or nights getting down to about minus 5, minus 6, which I think is about 22 degrees Fahrenheit, and it got so cold the other day my bird bath exploded. <laughs> <laughs> It did. It was just bizarre. I, I assume that because it's concrete that, that the moisture gets into it and then, of course, when, when water freezes, it expands. Uh, and I'd say sort of a, we've got some large parrots in the area and I'd say one of them landed on it and got a prize when it basically fell to pieces. Um, <laughs> yes, that's pretty exciting. And um, I actually spent today... Uh, Rebagging some comics, and uh, I remember them saying years ago that comics, uh, that that comic bags only have a lifespan of sort of three to five years. And I started rebagging some comics that have been in their comic bags for about twenty years. And uh, yeah, it's true, they were they were pretty bad. They go all crinkly and yellow, and yeah, I think they took like the the fingerprints off my fingers. They're pretty gross. I think so. that was a pretty exciting day. And what about you, Scott? Yeah, I've had my first week back at work after holidays, and it was shock to the system just because I get up ridiculously early. So, but um, once you get back into the routine, it's not that bad. But I, you know, no time for anything particularly geeky this week. But we'll we'll get there, I'm sure. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Eli? Well, aside from when I was walking around with my Starro face huggers on, I, um, <laughs> I'm pleased. I'm pleased. That's yeah. um, I. Uh, oh, t- today we spent the first day of the epic saga of finding a new place to live. Oh, again? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, wow. T- we've actually been here for nearly nearly two years. To that, it seems a lot faster. But um, yeah, we got the notice that the owners uh, want to move in. So. We have How to find rude. somewhere else. Yes, so oh. it's it's quite depressing, but um, it's 
we've got we've got a fair bit of time, but um, we're getting on top of it before it gets away. But you know, our demands aren't too extreme. You know, three bedrooms, floorboards, and can have dogs. You'd think that'd be reasonable. But, um, <laughs> one, one of those things. And I um, I did uh, go along and catch the Dark Knight Rises this week as well. Oh no, spoilers! I haven't seen it. No spoilers. Okay. But um, yeah, uh, that was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, very good. Yeah, as as good as the hype, or um, I one of the reasons I went and saw it on opening day, not one of the midnight sessions, but the actual opening day sessions, because I didn't want to hear any more about it, mm. and because I'm quite active on on Twitter and I look at the internet a lot, I thought that was going to be very difficult. So um, I went and saw it, and there were quite a few surprises, and um, some things that I thought would annoy me from previews actually weren't that bad. And um, yeah, so overall, I thought it was it was good and um, worthy of part of the the trilogy, as it were. So I can highly yeah. recommend it. Alrighty then. Well, let's get uh, get the show kicked off with some articulated news. Big Jim's World of Adventure, starring Big Josh with Talking Cat Pack. Yeah, unload the Big Jim sports camper gear. Big Josh says, Bring the boat and fishing gear. And you know the dinner will soon be here. Big Josh says, Let's find some firewood. Now this camp is looking like a good camp should. Big Josh with Talking Camp Pack is sold separately. Big Jim sports camper comes with fishing boat and gear from Mattel. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just stories that relate to things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Ben has our first piece of news, so over to you. Yes, our first bit of news is the next offering from Hot Toys, which is the Dark Knight Rises Bane collectible figure. And once again, Hot Toys haven't let us down. They've delivered an absolutely stunning figure. Now, uh, I have mentioned in the past that I'm not a huge fan of of Bane's design from the film, but uh, you really just can't. Uh, dispute the fact that Hot Toys are just the, the, the industry leaders with this sort of thing. It's uh, an absolutely stunning-looking figure. Uh, obviously, Tom Hardy is not that recognisable, but from what you can sort of certainly see in the figure, it is just amazing. The, the, even the, the detail on the respirator, the stubble on the top of his head, that kind of thing, it, it really is a gorgeous-looking figure. And uh, I keep saying that I'm not interested in collecting sort of the movie superhero figures, and, and I'm really hoping, uh, sort of hoping and not hoping that Hot Toys start doing uh, comic book accurate figures, but uh, if they can do this sort of thing, that would just be stunning. Um, and this is, of course, just the uh, the second figure from Dark Rises. We've also had a bit of a teaser this week of Catwoman. Uh, we haven't seen a great deal of her, but uh, I'm certainly quite keen to see how that figure turned out. Yeah, I think this Bane figure, having seen the movie, it's a, it's a stunning likeness. It's, um, it's very good whether or not you... Uh like the um the the character or the way that um he's been made up in the films is definitely a great likeness hot, hot, hot toys have done a great job absolutely absolutely i'm just not a bane fan any way shape or form so mm-hmm. you know it doesn't appeal to me <laughs> i was never a fan of the character until 
um, what Gail Simone did with him in Secret Six, I really loved. She made him a really interesting and engaging character, um, which is, you know, not the character that we've got here. Um, and I'm probably not that enamored by the design for the film either, but you can't, you know, doubt, not back the quality of this toy. The detail on that jacket and the jumper is just fantastic. It's really good. Yeah, and I'd love to know just how many fans are walking away from the film uh, sort of blown away and maybe they were fence-sitting with this and and now they're going to take the plunge, but uh, most people would be scratching to get the money together for a Hot Toys tumbler. So walking away with a a second tumbler, a camouflage tumbler, that would be a bit of an interesting challenge uh, for the (laughs) diehard collector, I think. What about you, Scott? You seen anything this um, week? One thing that we've seen is pictures of the actual product for the Kotobukiya DC Bishoju statue, and that is Huntress. We saw some art for her a while ago, but we've got some um, promo pics of an actual piece now, and she looks fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing to me that Kotobukiya has done her so close to the beginning of the um, Bishoju line, and yet we never managed to get a CoverGirl statue of her from DC Direct. Um, but you mm. know, this is a beautiful piece. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm not much of a fan of the Bishoju stuff, but this is um, an incredibly nice-looking piece. Mm. There's a lot of lot of love that's gone into that. Yeah, and it does – I really like the scale that the DC stuff is in. Um, you know, I talked, I've talked a couple of times about the messy scale stuff that's happened with the Marvel line where it's slowly been getting bigger, um, which has turned me off that a bit. But the DC you know, line so far is all in a consistent scale, which I really like, so I can see her fitting very nicely with the ones I've got. And also, you know, we already know that we've got Power Girl and Harley Quinn – coming out before this, um, but I'm definitely going to be getting this one as well, and I'm really looking forward to it. Do you think it's odd that she has the staff instead of, like, a crossbow? Uh, well, she she does get pictured with the staff a fair bit in the modern stuff, like, you know, and we've had her with toys and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the crossbow is a bit more of a classic-y thing. Um, it looks good, I think. Mm, the the DC Direct Hush version had the, the staff as well, mm-hmm. I think. In, in this same yeah, costume? I remember mm. because mine broke. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John, do you... Did you get these? No, not at <laughs> we all. We don't say those no. words I'm on not, this podcast. <laughs> not a statue collector at all, so... I was actually going to say, Scott, is this a back-of-the-shelf no. piece? No. Cause, well, no, no, really. because she's, you know, she's not... As long as she's facing yeah, the right yeah, way. Yeah, as long as she's facing the right she, way. She's a... Um, She's a healthy young girl, uh, but she's not. There's no doubt about this one. I mean, but she's a bit more covered up, you know. Like she, it's so it's it's okay. It's the um yeah yeah yeah. The 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 rear end is more the more the uh, the questionable area. Oh yeah, no, we Jeez. wouldn't face her that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> she she got a chest cold that could be fatal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about you, John? Have you seen anything this week? Yeah, um, actually, I was going through some of the SDCC pictures, and I saw um, our friends over at NECA had a picture of a bunch of portal turrets from the video game. And I'm kind of a fan of them because they, they always make me feel sad whenever I have to like take one out of the way. And they were multicolored <laughs> and and uh, kind of odd. So I tweeted at them, and I said, well, are these yours? And they had tweeted back to me, and they said, uh, yeah, they're coming this fall. 
and they're going to be blind box. So they're kind of like the the yeah. vinyl androids that I talked about the last time I was on, where they're kind of one of those blind boxed designer type yeah. toys. Um, so it, it, it's kind of interesting. They're, they're they're pretty neat. They got one you know standard one. It looks like there's going to be some open and closed and can, um, can I ask something a, really a little different. Dumb question: What's what's the video game that they're from? Portal. Oh, Portal. Okay. Don't you remember there was a big news thing? Uh, I don't know if it was this year or end of last year where Portal Two came out, maybe, and right. um, and it was a, a massive game launch, like people taking the day off to buy it and then go home and play yeah, I'm, it. I'm so not a gamer. I can't get through the She-Hulk level on Marvel Superhero Squad that that, that Miss Eleven <laughs> and I play. So um, you know, that's that's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> this one's not too bad it kind of builds you the first one at least port the, the one that's just called portal um it's pretty short it it kind of builds you up in skill level it, it's more of a puzzler than a action type game so it, it's a lot of fun i um something i saw uh was the uh, marvel select venom figure uh, has been been pictures uh shown for that it's a freaky looking figure um, I think uh, Venom's always going to look pretty weird, whether somebody does it well or poorly. Uh, I think this is probably on the well yeah. side, but I'd like to see some, um, some uh, you know, in hand uh, in hand shots. But it looks like this thing's going to come with a, a few pack ins, yeah. um, different hands, different heads, the 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 multiple head. Thing. I, I don't know how that's going to work, whether it clips onto his shoulders or not. It's pretty amazing. Um, but something I noticed uh, in the pitch is it looks like they're doing something different with the um, the hip uh, joints that I, I don't know if I've missed this in, in more recent Marvel Select no. figures, but it's, um, it's not just a standard ball joint that Marvel yeah. Select have been notorious. It's, you know, it's, it's the one thing that most people continuously you know, have issues with, despite how good the sculpts generally are. But this little extra wedge in the hip looks interesting. I'm not sure. I'd like to see yeah. it. It looks better than those clunky ball joints. Mm. That's mm. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. What I really like about this is, is I, I mean, I was reading Amazing Spider-Man when, you know, Venom debuted, so I can remember seeing him. And so I, I've Jim, seen him Jim in roles over the Spider-Man years. Spider-Man episode, issue 298. Well, uh, uh, uh. Uh, well, <laughs> it was yeah yeah um and i certainly saw him evolve after that as he, he got more and more sort of grotesque and they they drew him uh you know just that much more um just sort of dramatic etc but it, it looks like with the four different swap out heads that you get you really can choose your your era so you know it looks like in the middle photo there that you've got that traditional mcfarlane Mm. Um, head that he debuted with, yet sort of the one above it is that sort of more grotesque, you know, Eric Larson mm. type one. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited about that because uh, I, I like sort of Venom sort of as, as classic as he can be. Mm. Yeah, I reckon I could see myself pos- posing him in that um, in that middle shot with all the yeah. teeth. And and I reckon yeah. that this number of packings and swap-out things, that's what should come at a figure that is at the Marvel Select price point. Yeah, I, I'm much more interested in that than just a diorama piece. Um, even though, you know, you're not going to use them all, you're going to choose something, it still feels like it justifies the price point. 
I'd uh, rather have a diorama piece. <laughs> well, you're wrong. I mean, no. I mean, it's good that we're all different. Yeah. Sorry, that's fine. Yeah. All your opinions it's are wrong. <laughs> and now I know I was I was invited yeah, back. <laughs> that's right. I'm tired of just um, abusing Ben. I need someone else to bother you. All your opinions uh, belong to me. <laughs> So there's some more Marvel stuff uh, this week. So we saw some um, promo Photoshop files for the um, the next lot of Marvel Legends stuff. Um, looks very, very glossy and shiny, and you wonder why. We've already seen what they look like. Um, it's <laughs> not like setting this. Up, <laughs> like that, no. Setting up some <laughs> false expectations, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see the, the final sort of you know, as promo shots of them. We we've obviously seen the shots that came out of San Diego from various photographers and whatnot, but these are the sort of I guess the official picks out of Hasbro and uh despite being heavily photoshopped, it's nice to sort of get a good look at them. But uh yeah, as you said, Eli, it does sort of build up expectations because for example, sort of She Hulk um certainly looks very good, but yeah, so did Madame Hydra. So. <laughs> um interestingly I actually heard an interview um, with some Hasbro people from Comic Con, where they talked about what happened with Madame Hydra and that they, you know, it was a factory issue and they didn't have time to um, do anything about it. But that they are, you know, really working on improving the quality of them and making sure they get enough time to send stuff back if they're not happy with what the factory does. So hopefully we won't get a repeat of that because she really did not turn out great. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, they've had five years to learn their lesson from Emma Frost. And Well, speaking yeah, they... of, um, I, I, there's a couple of pictures for the Wave 2 for, mm-hmm. for next year that, that came out. Um, so that's a, a Jean Grey, is it? Yep. Uh, yeah. G- uh, G- Jim Lee Jean, and, Grey. Jean Grey. Yeah, and, um, and what's the other one? The Wrecker. Um, this Jean Grey... Buck looks pretty miserable to me. I, I, I just I reckon can't buy it. It's the old. It looks to me like the old, like Electra one. You know, it's mm. like they've gone right back to ugly female yeah. Marvel Legends. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd one. And those shoulder pads look like they're reused from like an old Wolverine <laughs> or something. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, which is. Which is interesting, given that they debuted the the new female buck for Moonstone. So, um, you know, Moon, we shall see. Moonstone. But, uh, oh, Moonstone. What's her name from um, oh, really? the Thunderbolts? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, look, the the buck that they've used for um, Jean Grey is actually the same one that Madame Hydra came on. They've just obviously changed the top part of the torso. The rest of it is all pretty much the same. So and what's with the um that wrecker shot um you can see through his stomach I'm pretty sure that's not yeah a, what that's not a character <laughs> trade is it <laughs> no I think that's just the fact that it's a prototype figure with a uh, just happens to be taken it's actually the same buck that's been used for the rest of the wrecking crew so they will all okay. be in scale and does he typically have hairy shoulders um, I think what they're trying to simulate is the fact that the Wrecker actually wears kind of like a jacket on the top half. He doesn't have that sort of super tight fitting costume, that sort of skin tight lycra costume. He tends to have that more of a jacket. So I think that was an attempt to simulate that. Either that or the original Buck actually has 
sort of bare shoulders and that's just part of the problem with you reusing bucks. Mm, maybe. <laughs> but and... I, for one, am very keen, so... Yes, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some things we just buy. It looks that's shit, right. but I'm going to have yeah. three of those, thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a next wave of the the Lego blind minifig uh, series, John. Yeah, the uh, over on the Awesome Toy Blog, uh, they had pictures of the new Lego minifigure blind bagged uh, Series 8. There's some pretty cool figures in there. Looks like we're getting another robot. There's a deep sea diver with the old-fashioned brass helmet, um, a peg leg pirate. Uh, German with a giant pretzel, it looks like. So there, there's some cool German things on there. Giant pretzel. <laughs> it looks. It looks like there's a man bat. Yeah, there is. That was I, I missed actually him. on the top of my yes. Lego wish list for the next minifigure. Says, "Gee, I hope they make a German with a giant pretzel." So I'm so <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta, gotta you gotta go around the world. <laughs> Do you ahead, tend to Eli. buy these in sets, John, or, or do you actually go and, and do the, you know, fiddling of the bag, etc.? Um, I have. I, I've only picked up a few of these, so um, I haven't picked up all of them, but I kind of pick and choose. I've got the, you know, the gorilla. I was looking for the bunny suit guy, but I never found him. Um, I've got the robot. Righto, that wraps up Articulated News this week. We'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFP podcast game, Name That. Okay, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the podcast, or at least mine. Uh, name that. And last time I left you with a sound that sounded something like... That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. And he's not through yet. All right. Um, do you guys have any guesses on what that sound was? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, John. All I, all I can do is apologise. We're, we're not all like this. Scott really needs to invest in a mute button. Ah, uh, and then he needs one. He needs one for his computer too. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't have any clue what it is. How about you, Ben? Any ideas on that one? <laughs> Uh, I, I certainly was giving it a good try. I was actually imagining some kind of toy that's not superhero related, so it certainly seemed to me to be, you know, some kind of seventies Johnny Quest commercial or something like that. Oh, you're 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 like almost almost there, and and you're almost, gonna be uh... you're, you're 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 probably gonna be kicking yourself when I tell you what it is. Last week's uh... sound was from a commercial oh. for the. Rev up, evil Knievel. Oh, the SST oh, ones, the, the motorcycles. You'd rev them up, and they'd shoot off and, and jump over things. Ah, oh, with a big, big ass wheel in them. Yes, I yeah. Had I had that was toy. That, was that like the smash them up derby cars as well? Yeah, they, they had some of those. Like a rip, yeah. a rip cord. No, it had like a a base with a big crank on the side of it, and yep, you yep. turn it 
Yep. And it would it would keep revving up and it would get to a certain point and then shoot out. Cool. I had that toy yeah, and my sister broke it. <laughs> you know that's that's probably one of the toys that I had as a kid that I wish I still had today because that thing was just cool. It was awesome until yeah. my sister broke it. Yeah, and they could build up some speed too. They could really motor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, that Very cool. that was that was last week. So you guys ready for for this week? Uh, I don't know. You brought up a traumatic childhood memory for me now. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She broke it. You know, they made a reissue a few years ago. You yeah, my parents go... were cheap. They didn't buy replacement toys. Well, this was just a couple years ago. You could probably go track one of those down. Uh, they're still cheap. I'm okay with. I'm okay with Scott's distress. So go for it, John. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Go for it. Go for it. Well, well, this week since I'm live, I will have another actual sound. I'm going to try and get this thing to play. <laughs> well, that is obviously <laughs> That's the. Cool. We're, we're gonna um, yeah, we'll, from the we'll go one, series. Yeah. We'll go one more time. Maybe you can maybe you can pick up something new on this one. Mm. I stick with that's my original answer. Cool. Oh, okay. Some sort so that, of ray a, gun. Mm, yeah, it it is something in that family. Peace maybe in, something with a little. Space. Uh, it is not pigs in space. Damn it! There, there, there may be a little blinky light involved. You just never know. Blinky hmm. pigs in space. Oh yeah, yeah. No. I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got no idea. But I'll be, so I, is, I reckon, I reckon somebody's going to get it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. And if they do, they can head on over to the forum, make a guess, and uh, as always, I award forum points for people to get the right guesses. So. And that's at aforum.com. All right. Let's move on to the toy of the week. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, I've got the Toy of the Week and it's a new release. It is Leonardo from Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Classic Collection. Like Mattel's DC Universe classics was to Kenner's superpower figures and Masters of the Universe uh, classics is to the vintage figure line, Playmates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle classic collection is an upsized, more sophisticated version of their own turtle line from the late 80s. As with the original line, these figures are based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series of the same era. Unlike the awesome series of figures from NECA, which were straight from the pages of Eastman and Led's comic series from Mirage. An interesting point to note that it's Eastman and Laird are not even credited on the packaging as they essentially sold all their rights, as I understand it, to uh, Nickelodeon or was it Viacom? And um, unlike the original comic series where all the turtles had the same red um, eye masks and details for... Uh, 
good period of time, the animated characters were all colour-coordinated with slightly different flesh tones. So the one I'm looking at this week, Leonardo, he has blue mask and elbow and knee pads. Uh, Raphael got to keep the red. Michelangelo got the orange. And Donatello sports the purple. Um, The packaging, while... It's not particularly collector-friendly, as in once you open it, you can't make it look like it was never opened. It's pretty cool, blister pack. It's got a nice little manhole cover detail on the top of the pack. And the base that comes with the figure is also a very cool manhole cover. It looks very nice and metallic. They've done a really nice job on that, and they've actually um, printed the name of the character on there as well. The figure itself is about 15 centimetres tall, or about six and a quarter inches. We'll talk about that in a bit more detail later. It has 34 points of articulation, pretty similar to the NECA version of the Turtles, um, with very good elbow, knee, wrist and ankle movements. You can basically fold the arms and legs back in on themselves to a a, a good uh, amount, so you can do some great martial arts poses with them. Where this figure differs to the NECA Turtles is there's some additional thigh movement. There's a cut thigh joint. There's also a torso crunch. And the actual um, really interesting thing here is individually posable fingers, thumbs and toes. The fingers and thumb movement is a great uh, detailing concept, but uh, for me I thought it was actually a little pointless. Um, You can do some interesting, you know, thumbs up, Fonzie thumbs or cowabunga, thumb and finger poking out type (laughs) of hand pose. Um, But in terms of holding weapons, uh, it would have made more sense to do similar to what uh, NECA did with the the fixed grip um, to hold the swords. As it is, it takes a little bit of fiddling to figure out how they can actually hold on to them. So it's it's a great detail though, so um, but maybe a little pointless. The toes... um, is a great detail for um, posability in getting the characters into running stances or um, other sort of nifty little fighting poses. So um, definitely very cool, the individual toes. Um, So what the Necker figure had that this one didn't is the the neck articulation because those figures had the longer neck um, based on the comic art as opposed to the cartoon series. So you could do some interesting stuff. But overall, I think um, pound for pound, um, the articulation's on, on, on a par with the NECA series, and that's, that's saying something. Yeah. I guess compared to the original series, those were um, pretty articulated, I remember, for the, for the time. I only owned the Shredder figure of the time, and I mostly used him to pose him as a surfer because he had this very cool surf stance but looked a bit weird with the shredder mask on, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, but I do remember they were reasonably articulated for the for the time. Um, my figure, the, the right shoulder was a little bit loose and um, the sword scabbards on the back of the shell where they joined for some reason came loose. And I thought for a little bit that it might have been deliberate that you could actually take the, the, the belt and sash off, but that's not the case at all. I think it's just a manufacturing fault. 
Paint is pretty much a non-issue because all the parts are essentially moulded in the colour that they're meant to be, so that's great. Um, there was a little uh, detail on the back where the scabbards are attached to the shell with a faux um, sash that's in blue and it looks like it's just sort of passed under somebody holding a paintbrush on a conveyor belt. It's not much of an issue, but you can see it's, it's not as tight as the, um, the, the moulded pieces. It's a pretty fun figure. It, it is very reminiscent of the, the 80s line and the cartoon and the cowabunga and the pizza and, and all that fun stuff. Um, I was never much of a, a fan of the TV series. I was more into the comic books and have been collecting the, um, the IDW reprints uh, of that material, the oversized reprint, very, very cool. And um, my NECA figures suit that perfectly but uh, you know I thought after we'd seen this figure at um, Toy Fair um, New York earlier in the, earlier in the year that um, I'd definitely want to pick it up so I did uh, and um, it, it is fun but the big issue here is scale uh, unlike the the necker line which is probably just verging on five inches tall, which fits in seamlessly with any sort of six-inch, seven-inch line of figures because they are meant to be shorter than the average Joe. The, um, the Playmates classic version, is it's, it's over six inches in itself, which um, means that it doesn't fit scale-wise with any of the other lines that I, that I collect. It's probably more a, a one-tenth scale rather than a one-twelfth scale. So it might fit in with like a nine-inch um, figure line, which I, which I don't have, so I can't really confirm that. It might not be an issue for some if they're just going to collect them and pose them by themselves. Um, I'm not sure what scale the figures based on the new animated series will be as well. I, I kind of assumed they were going to be in the same scale from what I'd seen in preview images, but I, I could be wrong. But um, some, like myself uh, and probably you as well, Ben, were thinking that uh, we might be seeing some figures that could complement the unfinished Necker line you know, for missing Shredder and Splinter and Footshot soldiers. And um, if these figures are, are this scale, well, then that's just not going to happen. That's right, yeah. It's a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, I would would have liked to have seen an alternate head packing maybe because they're, because these they've all got the fighting grimaces, um, but the the package artwork is all the smiley pizza cowabunga sort of artwork. It would have been nice to see an alternate head that you could have swapped out with with that, um, and I probably would have would, would have made a difference and maybe a slice of pizza or something. Don't know, um, but um, yeah, it's it's good for what it was, it, it, what it is. It's not overly expensive. It's it's a solid bit of plastic, um, but I don't think I'm going to get any more of these. I think I've got my one, and I picked Leonardo just because it, you know, it, it seemed to be a bit more um, had the grimace that I was more interested in out of the ones. I'm typically a Donatello fan, but I didn't really like the look of him in this line in comparison if I was only going to get one. Maybe I would have picked Michelangelo instead, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good figure, but it, it just is not going to fit with anything being the, uh, the frugal collector that I am at the moment. So can I just ask, Elo, did you pick this guy up locally? Yeah, I picked it up at King's in King's Comics in Sydney. 
And okay, was, so you haven't seen, sorry, you haven't seen them around in in the sort of the normal retail stores. No, I haven't. But that's I don't actually go and look at the toy aisles that often. I actually didn't realise they were coming out just yet until I saw um, one of the other comic stores shipping lists um, come out uh, last weekend. So I checked um, King's uh, coming releases and saw that they were getting them in and got them to got them to hold one for me. But then I had a bit of a look around and. Um, I noticed there was some discussion on the FUSH uh, board about them making retail in Canada. So um, I actually saw some in-hand pictures of them, and I and I did actually see that um, they were somebody had them in uh, in comparison to the Master of the Universe classics figures. So I knew they were a bit bigger than the, than I was expecting, but um, they they have been in, uh, on for retail in Canada for uh, at least a week or two, I think. And yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see if they have the sort of that devotion to this line to really bring out uh, a wide array of characters. I mean, obviously, we want to get Shredder and Foot Soldiers and April and Casey, but we'll actually extend that to some of the other um, sort of supporting characters. Yeah, well, at this stage, I think we've only seen the photo you, and definitely the, the card back has only got the four turtles on it. I don't recall seeing any um, more uh, characters in the classic collection on the uh, New York Toy Fair. I'm not seeing any. Yeah, I kind of wonder if these are going to be like the, the larger Thundercats. Where I'm kind of wondering if these are going to be like the larger Thundercats, where they're they're kind of more limited collectors type item, and then the the main animated line will be the where you see the real breadth of character selection. Yeah, and that could even be sort of a, a bit of a devotion to scale too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you, any of you guys thinking of picking these up? I'm I'm not a big oh. enough Turtles fan to justify the purchase. I think if I was going to get any, I'd rather have the Necco ones. Um, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm tempted. Uh, I certainly like the idea of starting uh, afresh with the, the Turtles and sort of universe building, but um, I'd be tempted to pick up the four if I could find them for a good price uh, as a set and to sort of see what they, they do from there. Yeah, well, there's, this was pretty standard figure price in Australia, so, you know, 30 bucks. Ooh, Per figure. That's about so, what we pay. <laughs> that's what we wow. pay. I, I know um, Big Bad Toy Store had them for pre-order. I, I don't recall what they were charging for the sets. I do know that they. I heard. Well, I read something in that same discussion on the Fush that there was some um, arrangement where Playmates weren't letting those retailers ship them out of the out of the states. So I, don't, yeah. I don't know if there's any better deals to be had or not. Mm, all right, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping a, an eye out for them locally to see, uh, see mm. if I can get them. Yeah, I haven't seen any reviews on the classics. I've seen some of the, the animated ones like Krang and, and some of those, but I haven't seen any of the classics ones. They're, they're pretty hard to come mm. by even here. Hmm. Yeah, well, where, when I when I put my order in just for the one, the um, uh, Jim at Kings, he said that um, they're going to be pretty popular, so it was probably probably a good idea for me to reserve one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nostalgia around them, and they they really Absolutely. haven't gone 
and they really haven't gone away from popular culture since since they arrived. So it's like twenty five years now, isn't it? Well, twenty five yeah. years yep. in 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 popular culture. They were around for a few years before they actually got merchandise happening. That's wrong. Mm, very good. Mm. Yeah, good job, Eli. Yeah, great. Cool. Well, oh, I haven't given it a rating, have I? No. No. I'm actually going to be a bit harsh on this um, because of the scale, essentially. Uh, if they'd come with a, you know, an alternate head packing, like I mentioned, I probably would have given it a, an extra extra dolly. But um, I'm going to give it a bit of a harsh seven, seven and a half dollies out of ten, I reckon. Ooh. <laughs> Mainly for the scale, or mainly for the scale yeah um because they they just they're just not consistent with with anything else that i that i would display it with so it's it's going to it's going to stick out it's not that i i'm a nazi for you know the difference between a 6 and a 7 inch scale figure but this is just it looks clunky and um and i don't know if you guys had a chance to look at some of those preview inches of uh, images i put up to yes. show them in comparison but oh, yeah, yeah. They just kind of don't work with anything, so they'd have to be displayed by themselves. Is it a lot different than like the the new Masters of the Universe compared to the old ones, though? I mean, if you look well, at well, yeah, one. I mean that's that, that's a, that's a good point because, and, and I guess so. If I, I look at DC Universe classics as you know the the same of as with superpowers, you know, it's the same sort of vibe, but we've made them bigger and more articulated as with Masters of the Universe. Um, and I guess if they were, and I think Playmates has literally just taken a cue from, from Mattel on this and say, well, let's just up them by whatever it is, 30, 40, 50% to what they were and, and um, we'll make them better. And the original figures probably weren't in scale with any of Superpowers or Masters of the Universe at the time either. But mm. um, so I, uh, my my rating does really come down to my own issues with the scale. The actual quality of the figure itself is is good, and um, but yeah, I, I I'm, I'm slightly disappointed though it's a good figure. No. Not, not okay. slightly, more than slightly. Okay. More than slightly. <laughs> more than slightly. <laughs> Strong words for the FB podcast, Toy of the Week reviews. More than slightly. We're, we're usually so generous. <laughs> we are. All right, seven and a half. A firm seven and a half. There you go. <laughs> Stick to your guns, Eli. Yeah. All righty. Well, that wraps up Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. We're all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Uh, as mentioned in the uh, Toy of the Week, I picked up the new uh, Classic Collection Turtle from Playmates, so that's me done. Ben, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, our good friend Mike S uh, always has a good assortment of things to buy, and he announced on the AFB forum that he was now carrying the Toon Tumblers drinking glasses. So I got in touch with Mike uh, for some of the ones that he, he'd shown, and I ended up getting six of them. So I got that package last week, and it contained Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Hulk, and Doctor Doom. And yeah, I'm very pleased. I quite like them, and they're actually sort of hard to get uh, in Australia. So, um, yeah, nice little uh, addition to the collection. Are, are they made out of glass? Oh, they are, yeah, and they're, they're quite heavy. They're, they're pretty sort of chunky, heavy-duty glasses. And they're, Are they dishwasher safe, or...? Well, that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, when I actually did pick up a Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu glass uh, back in 2009, <laughs> and it actually said that they were uh, dishwasher safe, and uh, it's been through the dishwasher a couple of times, and I've noticed it's actually started to fade. So whenever I use it, I now hand wash it. But of the six glasses that I got, three of them actually have a 2011 date on them, and three of them have a 2012 mm. date on them because these mm. these figures, actually, sorry, these glasses actually come out in series. Uh, and the ones dated 2011 uh, actually have stickers on them that say hand wash only. However, the 2012 glasses don't say anything. So uh, I'm quite curious as to whether the, the, the process for applying the images to the glass has actually improved mm. to the point where they can go in the dishwasher. Uh, certainly if you go to the website, it does actually say, look, they are dishwasher safe. However, you'll need to judge that because each dishwasher and the, the, the <laughs> washing powder that you use is different. Mm. So you'll need to make an educated decision. But look, you know, they, they are hard to come by. Um, and they are really nice. So given how often I probably use them, I'm more than happy to hand wash them. Oh, good. Do they make Aquaman? Uh, I honestly don't know. They they do actually – I think Aquaman was actually made in a much earlier series because mm. they originally only had the license to DC, I think, because uh, I can even remember they had Sergeant Rock. So surely they did Sergeant yeah. Rock before they did uh, thing, you know. Yeah, Sergeant Rock definitely. Line. They did a whole. That's line right. Of I think they pretty much stuff with Jose Garcia, Luis, Luis Garcia Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, Garcia Lopez. That yeah. one. Yeah. But did and they get was... to Firestorm? They did. <laughs> I was going to say they did. Oh, uh, did I they? Oh, I don't know, it, but there oh. is one that exists. Awesome. Mm. Wow, there you go. So yeah, that was my acquisition for the week. What about you, John? Did you pick up anything? I haven't got it yet, but um, Matt from over at AwesomeToyBlog.com, he uh, was actually out at SDCC, and he picked up the um, exclusive Android, vinyl Android set they had out there, um, which is actually going to end up with uh, the lovely Mrs. Nerd. But uh, it was a two-pack. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a thousand of them. One of them's dressed up. Um, with kind of a, a Star Trek type uniform on and a little Comic-Con badge and glasses. And the other one has a, uh, a little summer grill with them. So uh, they're kind of a neat little set, um, especially for being a limited edition. And, and he picked those up for me. So I got to give him a shout out. And he, he, he is, as his website says, he's pretty awesome. It's pretty interesting that, um, I mean, the Android character is quite, you know, he fits this vinyl toy sort of thing. He's toyetic, but it's, it is interesting that it's, you know, something to do with a mobile phone operating system. Yeah, they've really latched onto that. And, and um, 
like one of the uh, ones that that we have, he he says Noogle on him instead of Google, but he's got like a little beanie and he's he's all done in those rainbow colors and and they just they've done a lot of stuff with them and it's just pretty cool. I found I found out what a, a Noogle Noogle is. It's um it's a new starter for working for Google. So they're actually called Noogles. Hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> they've got a whole um a whole induction program that's pretty sophisticated they've they've got a good reputation for providing um, a great induction program through their internet and programs like that for the noogles well that's pretty cool now i learned something (laughs) scott did you pick up anything this week i did i got the bowen designs shanna the she devil statue um it was a bit funny because i ordered this through my local comic shop and I went in to pick it up just yesterday after work, and they didn't have a bag big enough to carry the box in, so I had to um, carry it down Lonsdale Street <laughs> in Melbourne. I think it was a bit incongruous, this you know middle-aged guy in a business suit and tie um, carrying this box with a picture of a scantily-dressed jungle woman on it. Um, definitely attracted a few stares. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, thankfully I don't park very far away from the comic shop <laughs> um, but, for the uh, best yeah for the best but um, it's a lovely statue It's I, I, so, so you've opened it I have yeah I, I'm not sure I understand why they did her before they did Kazar but we have been told mm. that um, he's coming um, so they'll look great together, I'm sure. It's a new sculpture to Bowen called Chuck Williams. That I don't I think he's done any Bowen stuff before, but he's done a fantastic job. And there's some really nice little details um, and interesting base as well. So I'll get some pictures, um, but I'm, I'm really happy with it. It's good, good stuff. Yeah, I remember I saw that when we were talking about the Bowen stuff a few weeks ago, and um, I noticed this piece. It's a stunning piece. Mm. It's really lovely. I, a couple of is, the um, yeah. guys that Bowen are using to do some of the females pretty consistently at the moment, I'm I'm not huge fans of. Um, and this, I, I'd love them to get this guy to do some more ladies because he does them really well. So I'm happy. And that's all for me. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, Bizarro World? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the what-the-fuck moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or even worse. Handing out the deserved penalty this week is Ben. So over to you, Ben. Well, this week's Red Carded is uh, an interesting one in that it's not just a strange eBay auction. This is actually a legitimate release that is exclusive to Big Bad Toy Store. Now, Big Bad Toy Store is actually one of the sponsors of AFB, so uh, we can't be too mean to them. But uh, in this particular case, uh, I think we really just have to comment. We have a 22-inch Hulk statue, but this particular statue is based on the likeness and the, the appearance of Lou Ferrigno who is best known as TV's Incredible Hulk. So this statue tries to capture the look and feel of Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk, and uh, it's really just not quite 
there for any number of reasons. Well, what can we say about this item? Uh, we have a, a it's a, a a major release statue. We're not talking about a, an eBay buyer here, an eBay seller here. This is a an official release. It is Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk, a 22 inch statue or a maquette as they're being called. And really, it's just not working. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. You can see what they've tried to do. They've tried to capture the likeness of Lou as the uh, TV's Incredible Hulk, but really it's just, there's just so many little things that are off that contribute to it being sort of an overall horror. The the face in particular seems to be a little bit too exaggerated. The, the famous prosthetic nose that Lou wore to make him more Hulk-like is uh, is just that little bit too big, that little bit too bulbous. Um, but really what just absolutely throws off this statue is the excessive musculature that the sculptors have gone with. Uh, in his time, Lou was certainly a, a very, very big man, but the musculature is just that little bit excessive. And because you are trying to reconcile it with what you know to be Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk, it's just not working. And so a combination of the odd face, the the gross sort of musculature, et cetera, um, bit of a bit of a you know dramatic pose, uh, just just gets completely wrapped up into a, a fail. I just I don't know. I, I, it's just hard to describe. It's just not working for me. How much was this piece going for? It will cost you the grand sum of uh, $325, which is actually on special, and you will actually get that signed by Lou Ferrigno himself. Mm. Dear, oh dear. But you need to get in fast. You need to get in fast because the regular price for the autographed one is $400. US mm. I'm just thinking about our um, our friend Cinegang who... Um Gets uh, has a bit of a production team going on um, some custom pieces, short short order pieces, and um, probably seen those on the forum. Um, he's done a whole bunch of half scale movie things, um, Iron Man, War Machine. Uh, I think he did he did a Hulk actually. Which one was that? That was the um, was it the Ang Lee Hulk or was it the Ed Norton Hulk? I think it was the Ed Norton one. Yeah. Anyway, um, I based on the work we've seen of our friend uh, Sydney Gang, and looking at this, I I'm shocked. Mm. I think it's absolutely shocking to have a piece like this at retail. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something that's actually quite sort of humorous about the piece is the base that they've got the figure on uh, has the Hulk's feet sort of crushing into the pavement as if he's striding forward and uh, smashing the pavement as he goes, which is kind of ironic because if you watch the original Hulk series, Lou Ferrigno used to have his little thong, green thongs on that he used to run around so, <laughs> to protect his little delicate feet. <laughs> I think so, they've done the, the appearance of like the denim, the ripped you know trousers well. Um, mm. and that's, that's about it. I, I think it is, you can forgive the oversizedness, um, you know, to a degree with some artistic license, but you know, for me, it's the, the head sculpt that just kills it because it's just too exaggerated. The features are too exaggerated. And so it just doesn't, it does not work. 
I almost wonder if this was sculpted by two different people. Like one person did, like somebody said, okay, go sculpt tall body. And then somebody else did a head yeah. for Lou Ferrigno and put them together. Yeah. And it's just a shame they were on opposite sides of the world and didn't speak the same language. <laughs> so, yeah. So look, uh, unfortunately it's a, a little sad. I mean, we'll give them credit for trying. We've seen some, some other pretty well executed such as the uh, the the linda carter wonder woman and christopher reeve sort of superman so it's a bit of a shame that they couldn't pull this one off and mm. so anyway uh lou frigno hulk you get our red card of the week all right well coming after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week big man to my house i'll bring my guys you have yours i've got junkyard dog it's world wrestling federation superstars i've got Brutus beefcake here's george the animal steel i've got great hammer valentine ricky the dragon steel they're so real and rowdy rock piper can you tell the difference wrestling superstars they're for real they sold separately from ljn yeah This week's discussion topic is collectors and conventions. Comic conventions have been around in different formats for several decades and they've grown from small gatherings of specialised dealers selling comics to the pop culture mega events of today. One thing's for sure, they attract a wide variety of collectors with an even wider variety of interests. So guys, are you con goers? Absolutely. I pretty much just go to our local one here. (laughs) Yes... (laughs) <laughs> um, but with 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 lots of reservation. <laughs> so you, you go to conventions with reservations. <laughs> I wouldn't say well, I'm, reserving yeah. tickets doesn't help anything, from what I heard. Well, no, that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I um I I've only been to a, a couple uh, Sydney-based ones, so Supernova and um. The times I've gone, I've actually gone with my son, so it's 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 a different experience. Uh, I imagine I would experience it differently if I was just going by myself, mm. but I have not uh, as yet had that experience. Uh, look, I've certainly been going to cons for a long time now, and I've seen them change over the years um, from from those sort of specialised comic conventions to the. The, the mega events that, that we know of today and I've experienced small cons and large cons but uh, generally I, I do really enjoy it I, uh, especially when there is a variety of dealers um, and, and you aren't just sort of walking in doing a quick lap of the convention floor and being disappointed and walking out again <laughs> yeah I, um, I, I, when, when you do have the time to actually you know rifle through boxes and boxes of, of um, back issues and, and try and find those elusive ones and hopefully you can make a good deal. That's there's there's quite a bit of fun in that. Mm. I think that's my you know my kind of. I'm not really big on you know getting things signed or queuing for a long time to meet someone. You know, it's got to be someone pretty amazing for me to um, get excited about that. And so the the idea of going for me is more about you know possibly what good deals I could find. And it is a great way to access some merchandise and things that. Um, you can't normally get, uh, but you know, the, the actual great deals that I've gotten on toys or statues, um, are really pretty far and few between. Um, 
you know, we're, like I've only been to cons in Australia, so we're not dealing with exclusives or that sort of thing. Um, but mm. sometimes that kind of notion that you have of oh, I'm gonna, you know, stumble across a Hot Toys Wolverine for a hundred dollars, you know, whatever is just not reality because people, you know, they know what they're selling and they, um, and and if anything, sometimes the prices are pretty inflated, um, mm. you know, compared to you know, some of the um, you know, things that. I, I know some of the retailers that sell stuff at conventions here in Melbourne, and I know that that same thing that they've got out on the um, the the floor is in their shop for significantly cheaper. You know, like, so it just doesn't always work in the way that you think that it might, and that's I guess my main reservation. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, and unless you're there for you know an hour or two before they close, you know the con, and they they want to reduce the amount of stuff they take back in the in the van, it's um, you're not going to be getting two discounted prices. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the big issues with some of the bigger comic conventions is it costs so much to have a booth. Uh, and actually uh, participate as a dealer at the con that by the time the convention, by the time the dealers sort of pay for all their expenses, it can be uh, an extremely expensive weekend. So the days of comic cons having dealers with sort of nothing but dollar boxes of comics uh, are long gone because they literally have to sell mm. every single item they've got just to cover their expenses. Mm. Yeah, it does make it a little bit uh, unfun for everybody. It does. Occasionally, you do come across that some of the smaller um, you know, things, someone who ha- has paid for a booth to kind of sell their own stuff or that sort of thing. And I have managed to get, you know, some things that way, some old Marvel Legends. And, you know, on the comic side, once I got stacks of um, Legion of Superheroes back issues once from a guy that was there selling his own stuff, you know, at a, at a reasonable price. And he gave me a, a discounted price for the number that I was you know, buying. So, you know, occasionally things do work out for you, but, um, not always. (laughs) So, you know, Ben, what would you say would be like your best find ever at a convention? Oh, I've certainly done very well over the years. My first comic convention was 1989, I think was a, a fairly large comic convention, uh, in in Sydney, Australia, that was actually organised by the owner of King's Comics, mm. and I, I can certainly remember back then there were and and we're actually talking about a comic convention here where the you know nine out of ten dealers were actually selling comics, so there was a, a lot uh, sort of a variety, uh, and I can remember going through one dealer and he basically had uh, fifty for a hundred dollars, so. To, you know, and that was his way of trying to get you to buy a lot of comics. I think they were sort of four dollars each, or fifty for a hundred. And and I basically went through, and I was finding a lot of Bronze Age Marvel stuff, a lot of those sort of astonishing tales and uh, Marvel Premiere and and things like that. And that's where I got a lot of my my Bronze Age Marvel stuff back then. And you know, I, I spent pretty much every cent that I had, which um, wasn't a great deal at the time because I was still at school. Um, but you know, I had a few consecutive years where I did things like that. Uh, I also had one year where Valiant, the the first time around, Valiant comics were uh, absolutely peaking and they were commanding ridiculous prices on the secondary market. And I went to one dealer and I took basically all the key 
Valiant comics like Harbinger number one and Exo Manor number one, and I actually sold them all to a dealer there for stupid prices, and I paid cover price for all these comics. Wow. And he gave me hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, in credit. And uh, I can remember I essentially exchanged my Harbinger number one for a Conan the Barbarian number one, and it's um, <laughs> it's it, it would if I took it to CGC, it would come back at at least a nine. Like it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and so to this day, that's one of the best investments I've ever made. <laughs> that's it's pretty cool. What about on the the toy or or statue side, like? A, you know, good good scores on that side for you. Um, I not specifically. Um, I'm just sort of trying to think of anything. I, I've certainly taken the opportunity to um, to buy toys because they were cheaper. So certainly, when I was at the San Diego Comic Con last year, um, the NECA Predator figures were retailing in Australia for thirty dollars uh, at the time, and uh, at San Diego, everyone had them for $15, and by Sunday afternoon, people had them for $12. Huh. So for those people that have seen the, the the last Predator movie, which was Predators, there was these um, Predator hounds, and you, you know it's an army builder type figure, and so I was picking them up for $12 each. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think most of the things I've seen, like at Supernova, it's usually the, the cheap toys are the ones you actually just don't want. Oh, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Occasionally some of the, you know, kind of like old Choi Biz three and three-quarter Marvel stuff, you can sometimes find, you know, some of those. If you were collecting that, then you might uh, – those are things that sometimes come across at reasonable prices, mm. um, you know, but that's uh, – they're not quite my cup of tea. Mm. I think you find the same problem though that people know what they have and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're they're trying to sell them for everything they can to make up the booth costs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you if you really think you're going to go to a comic convention to get that gem of an item and get it an absolute steal, uh, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, basically, you know, if these these guys have this stock and they expose it in maybe in their shop to a hundred people a week then, you know, if they've got the opportunity to expose it to 10,000 people, then they're just going to up the price. That's right. Especially if you're somebody like me who's walking around with their son and the son, you know, like, you know, oh, God, I'm going to have to buy him something, whatever <laughs> he wants. I'm just going to keep him happy for another 15 minutes. You're not going to argue the price too much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, John, when you go to shows in, in the US, do you go with anything specific in mind or do you just sort of rock up and have a look? Well, our our local show is more of a, an artist show, and um, it, it's mostly independent people. So, uh, you know, it's it's a little different than a big show. You know, you don't have the big Marvel booth and stuff, and um, it, it's kind of cool because you get to see all these, um, you know, these artists that maybe are on the verge or maybe have a web comic, and they 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 kind of, um, you know, you get to see them kind of early in their career, maybe, um, and and they just have a lot of unique art on display and you kind of get to see you know maybe uh independent comic book that you wouldn't get to see at a bigger show or something mm. yeah 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 i think there's some great things to see in artist alley um and it's funny one year um uh, you guys that know Stuart mckinney uh an yeah. australian artist um oh, yeah. he's, he, he's at every australian yes. show and, yep. and we love him dearly he's a good bloke 
And uh, one year I went there and, you know, we were in the morning and looking at all these, you know, the stuff he'd done for Star Wars and his um, super friends. And he'd um, just started doing some work on Batman Brave and the Bold and really nice guy, had a chat with my son, nobody around and, you know, bought some, you know, bought a print off him. And next year we go back and he's bloody gone and drawn some Doctor Who stuff that's, you know, been popular with all the Doctor Who freaks, so I couldn't get near him. <laughs> Next year we went to the... So annoyed because I wanted to actually go up and talk to him and get him to draw something for us and all that, but yeah. yeah. He is a lovely man. He's I've, I've um, bought a couple of things from him, and the, at uh, Supernova Melbourne, my daughter actually bought a print of his, and, you know, he was really lovely, took time to chat to her as well. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's it's good to actually have a look around those um, the, the artists alley looking for see stuff that you're, you're not really expecting to see. The, you know mm-hmm. the, the good the, the good finds rather than going to see you know the whoever the big DC artists they've shipped in for the show. You know unless you actually get in front of them early enough and have enough money, you know those things are just going to consume a lot of your time. Yes. Yeah, I must admit, over the years, because I've been doing this for a couple of decades, my enthusiasm to um, sort of go and talk to guests and get autographs and that sort of thing has really sort of just waned over the years. I used to be quite gung-ho. I had a very pleasant experience at my first Comic-Con with Chris Claremont, who was still writing Mm. Uncanny X-Men, and he was a lovely man, and people were getting X-Men comics signed, and I took a copy of his book, and uh, he was just thrilled that um, that someone had actually you know, brought one of his novels and he, he sat there sort of chatting to me for a, a good five minutes holding up this really, really long line. And, um, you know, I thought that was pretty amazing. But over the years, I've met quite a few um, industry people and sometimes... Um, Sometimes you're really off. You're really better off just not meeting these people because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the you know they tend to be a bit of a letdown, and you sort of think, well, gosh, you know, I used to really like that guy, and turns out he's a bit of a jerk, and he's not my best friend. Damn it! No, well, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, I thought he'd draw me, you know, everything I ever wanted, and well, I mean, you know, to give you an example, I was always um, a big fan of Tim Bradstreet, and to a certain extent, I, I still am. And uh, when I met. I uh, had the opportunity to meet Tim. He was um, doing some amazing stuff, including the Vertigo covers for The Unknown Soldier. And uh, I'm a big fan of The Unknown Soldier, and I asked him if he had any um, any artwork for The Unknown Soldier for sale. And he looked at me and said, yeah, but it would be out of your price range. Jerk. Uh, what? Yeah, so I thought, eh. Okay, and, you know, he's a big guy, so I, I just sort of wanted to sit there and go, well, you know, thanks for nothing, you fat fuck. So, oh, oh. <laughs> but, you know, I just turned around and walked away. and yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that was a little disappointing, and uh, I think I met Denny O'Neill on a bit of a bad day. I think he was um, probably quite unwell at the time, but he was sort of answering me with sort of these, you know, these monotone, <laughs> single sort of... Celebric. Yeah, pretty much. It was just yes, no, yes, no. And um, I do believe he was unwell at the time. I found out later. But uh, one that was very similar uh, was was Art Adams. Um, I tried to sort of engage Art Adams in conversation and he basically just yes, no, yes, no. Oh, so what are you working on now? Oh, just a couple of covers. Uh, Anything specific? (laughs) Not really. Okay, well, thanks very much. Really appreciate your time. You know, great for you to come out and meet the fans. Yeah. 
That's a bit disappointing. Yeah, it's not yeah. always um, the, the experience that you that you know that, that you imagine when you meet your idols. Yeah, yeah. But look, on the flip side, there, there are some just some fantastic people that just go above and beyond. I I talked to Mark Wade for oh, probably a good twenty minutes, and he was just chatty he was engaging he just he loved being there he, he thanked me a number of times and you know he just was just a consummate professional he really was yeah, yeah some of them are really engaged. another another well, well she's she's our australian uh, nicola scott yes. she's always yeah. good for a chat yes absolutely lovely. yeah absolutely so yeah it was actually interesting just as the new 52 was happening with dc last year and i was having a, a chat sort of and getting some pretty candid thoughts about the whole thing from her like you know we're talking about a couple of the new books and 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 she's going yeah that's one of the ones i'm a bit concerned about and i was like it was just nice to actually you know unbeknownst to us that she was just about to do you know the uh the uh what a new jsa (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it was it's it's good when you can have that nice conversation with with a creator because that's i think that's what the only thing i mean there's probably a couple of bargains to be found or or not so much bargains but the the missing pieces in the puzzles of your collections but Mm. um meeting creators and maybe actually giving them some money to give you make you something you know that's that's kind of nice yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm not there for anything else, really. I guess it's it's interesting. Like, there's a there's a lot at these shows. If they're not purely Comic Con, they're you know wrestling and video games, and I guess San Diego's overtaken by Hollywood, and it's it's not that focused. So speaking of um, speaking of Hollywood and panels and things like that, uh, do you guys do the the panels much? No, not with my son in tow. That's I've been to that's one or two, but that's about it. Yeah, I certainly used to uh, in the old days. I used to go along to the presentations by the companies where they'd sort of talk about, you know, what was happening in the next 12 months. And then I realized I was actually wasting my time because in 12 months, no one was going to care. <laughs> so it's kind of like going and sitting at a panel in San Diego and, and waiting five hours um, to get in, and then you sit through a, a you know a one hour panel just so that you can get the first thirty seconds of the next big blockbuster, and it's like, well, in twelve months, no one's going to care because it's going to be on DVD in everyone's collections. So, right. you know, you're better off spending your time wandering the floor. But um, I, yeah, I, I did I, actually. Sorry, John. Um, I did get to see um, James Doohan, Scotty from Star Trek, at a Star Trek convention once, and huh. and and that was kind of special. But you know that that would be about. That's probably about the best I've been to. Yeah, in a similar uh, similar vein, I when I do go to cons, I always do try to sort of target those veterans of the industry, those people who um, really sort of contributed to, I guess, the foundation of what we have today. And oh, geez, man, you just wouldn't leave Joe Cuban alone. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I kept stalking the guy, so. <laughs> And speaking of gentlemen of the industry, he was absolutely fantastic. But I went to Joe Cubitt's panel just to, just to hear him talk, and it was the most 
frustrating thing I've ever been to. He's this guy who is just, you know, an absolute legend in the comics industry. And and after he did his talk, and I mean, he's he's eighty two or something now. And they they went to questions from the audience, and I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've got a couple of questions, but you know, I don't want to seem like a bit of a dick in case, you know, I don't know, I just don't want to make a fool of myself, so. I'll just keep them to myself. And so then they hand it to, like, the girl behind me and she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really know you or any of your work, but what advice would you have for me to break into the industry? Oh. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you're killing me here. <laughs> and so, so then the next thing, um, the, the panel ended and, and Joe went back to sort of signing at the, the booth where he was being sponsored. So I went to have a chat to him and I actually ran my questions past him. And I have really strong memories uh, from when I was a kid seeing all those great sort of unknown soldier and sergeant rock covers that he used to do. And some of them were just, you know, you just really would jump out at you and you'd, you'd really get that wow, I, I have to know what happens. Like, you know, how do they get out of that situation type thing? And I actually said that to him and I said, you know, you used to do so many covers for, you know, Our Army at War and all that sort of thing. And, and how did you make each cover just so unique and fresh? And he was just blown away. He was so grateful. And he said, you know, thank you so much for, for complimenting me. And, mm. you know, we, we chatted for a while and I actually bought a copy of his autobiography and uh, got him to sign it. But I actually had to push some guy out of the way to get at it. So, so some some guy was kind of standing there, and I was trying to shove him out of the way to to get to it. And then he was all like, "Ben, Ben," and I'm like, "What? Who's this dude? <laughs> Who's this guy talking to me?" <laughs> and it was a uh, yeah, a certain dozy muppet <laughs> with with a with a mini dozy muppet in tow. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so. I don't like queuing for things. No. <laughs> and if you've already queued 45 minutes to get into the door to something you pre-bought tickets to, I then don't want to go and queue to do anything else, to no. be honest. Yeah, exactly right. Um, what, I mean, what is a tolerable amount of time to queue for stuff? I mean, Ben, you went to San Diego last year, was it? I did, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and you picked up some exclusive stuff. I mean, how how long did how how much of your visit to San Diego did you spend in queues? Uh, I was actually I stood in a, a couple of assorted queues to get things like um, the Gentle Giant exclusive uh, Squirrel Pool bust, and I think if you go on the first day, you're asking for trouble because that's when a lot of people go because they're expecting things to sell out. So it's like get in there and get it fast. So I waited a couple of days and. Uh, I, I was pretty fortunate with most things. So, for example, I pre-purchased my Mattel items. So I um, I got my you know DC Universe Classic Swamp Thing figures, and I rocked up to the. They were selling those items. Not selling. They had a pickup point, and it was actually at the hotel next door, the Marriott, I think. Uh, and I wandered over there, and I got there about quarter to nine, and someone said, "Oh, you know, they don't actually open the doors, you know, until nine o'clock." And I had six people in front of me. I waited 15 minutes. I walked straight in, handed them my receipt. They handed me the item and I walked out again. So I think the whole transaction was over in about 20 minutes and I was quite pleased. Um, so then I actually went to get the Hasbro, but Hasbro, Hasbro make you line up and they give you a ticket and the ticket has a time and then you go and line up at that time to try and buy the items. So, 
So you line up to get a ticket to tell you when to line up so that you can then wait to get to the counter to try and buy an item that hopefully isn't sold out. And I got a ticket for, um, I went and lined up for about half an hour and I got a ticket for 11 a.m., which was about two hours away. And so I got there about quarter to 11 and I was waiting and the guys in front of me, they actually had 4 p.m. tickets from the day before. And they basically had told them to go home and come back the next, the next day. And so I was waiting and when it came time, they were sort of letting those guys through to buy stuff. And then this volunteer lady said, what ticket have you got? And I said, 11 a.m. And she said, oh, no, I'm sorry. You're going to have to come back at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Oh. And I, I said, uh, no. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're pushing um, 11 a.m. people through to 4 p.m. And I said, not me. And she said, oh, <laughs> what? And I said, lady, I just went and lined up to get a ticket and they gave me an 11 o'clock ticket. I've now been lining up again, waiting for 11 o'clock to buy something. It's now like quarter to 12. I'm here to buy stuff. And she said, oh, you'll have to come back at 4 o'clock. And I said, yes, I heard you say that the first time. And like I said the first time, I'm not coming back. And so I just stood there. And then she went, oh, I'll have to go and talk to someone. I said, you can can go and talk to whoever you like. I said, "Uh, I'm here with my 11 o'clock ticket to buy stuff. And then she came back and she said, uh, oh, okay, well, we can let a few of you through. And I said, oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah, the, fa- um, the fact that you're eight feet tall probably, you know, had a little bit to do with that. <laughs> yeah, hang my, on. He was only seven feet last week, steady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my molecules do take up a lot of space. But, yeah. um, look, you know, one of my biggest gripes for conventions is the uh, the insistence on using volunteers to run it. Uh, and these volunteers are often people who have shown up the day before. They've had a, a, a one-hour sort of run-through of the program, and they usually have no idea where to go, what to do, how to run things, uh, and it's just, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, a thankless job. I think, like, it's something. Absolutely, you know, that it's it's very tricky. But, um, you know, it is a. You need quite a few people to do it. So, on one level, you know, I understand that. But it is one of the things that just seems to to me to be fraught every time I try to go to something is just getting in, and that you know that that thing of am I in the right line? You know, the pe- people will tell you. Um, you know, yep, you need to line up over there if you've already got a ticket, and then you might stand there for half an hour, and they say, "Oh, if you've got tickets, you should be over here." And you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yes, yes. <laughs> that sounds like almost every supernova I've been to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. And where you were talking about lining up, how, how do you feel about them selling exclusives after online? You know, it seems like everybody's wanting to do that now, and, and people are getting upset when they can't get the exclusives. You know after the con or, you know, if they're not an attendee. Yeah, I'm almost convinced that a lot of the exclusives that go online are the the leftover unsold stock. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, I've heard of items that definitely sell out. I know in the the past, certainly Sideshow uh, and and Hot Toys have released high-end items that have uh, have sold out at the show and they certainly haven't been sold online um, after. But, look, I'm neither here nor there. Uh, I certainly took advantage of when I was in San Diego to pick up the the Marvel Universe um, Sentinel 
figures because I knew that that having to actually ship those from the US to Australia would be expensive. So I just picked them up and threw them in my luggage. Mm. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're they've got to make money. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I've got an endless list of gripes on on how shows are are run. I mean, uh, there's obviously the debacle with lining up and people never know where to to line up and you can spend, you know, they say the doors will open at 10 and the doors open at 10.25 because they're not organised and you've got volunteers who don't know what's going on and that sort of thing. But for something like San Diego, it's the greatest show on earth. I I had an absolute blast. I, um, I left my comic buying until the last day. And, uh, uh, you know, I said to one guy, one dealer, you know, if, uh, will you give me a discount if I spend, you know, if I buy a lot of back issues? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll do you some kind of deal. And, you know, he did. And oh, I was grabbing sort of old issues of um, of Thor and, and the Avengers and, you know, for sort of 5 to $7 each. And, and, and he did. He ended up giving me quite a good discount. And and I'm, I'm not afraid to actually haggle. I'll say to them, look, if I can pay cash, you know, will you give me a, a better deal? And, yeah, most of them will. But you gotta gotta be committed to go to the haggle, be there for the haggle, that type of stuff. Oh, absolutely. And and I bought a couple of um, very significant issues when I was in San Diego, and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, was there as well. And uh, he was actually after a Hulk number one. And uh, so we had a bit of a chat to a dealer there and we came to uh, a very, very good arrangement. And once again, we left it to the last day and uh, he's, you know, he, he was, um, he was very keen for cash. He, uh, he explained the whole state tax and how we wouldn't have to pay state tax if we paid cash. And so that worked in our favor. Huh. <laughs> All right. Something I was just wondering is, um, John, you've never been tempted to to fly down to San Diego or you know one of the the big no. big comic cons, New York Comic Con. Um, no, San Diego. Uh, there's just no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's you know I, I heard somebody talking about it um, on a different podcast, and they they were like, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's cool to go to once, but they wouldn't do it again. Huh. Um, I. I I think I would probably fall into that um, that kind of category. I do want to try and get to C2E2 one of these years, but um, I can do that, you know, driving up for a day if I really wanted to. So, yeah, um, yeah. I've heard some good things about the Chicago one. It seems to have picked up, you know, the last few years, and it seems to be growing, and and everybody's talked really well about it around here. So. In about the same stature, we're actually uh, about to have a, I don't know if it's a con, it's a Heroes and Villains Convention run by the people who run Armageddon here in Australia at Penrith Panthers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard anything about this until I picked up a flyer at uh, King's Comics the other day. But Greg Rucker. He's actually one of the guests there, so I'm really? almost tempted to go out there just for Greg Rucker. Wow. Yeah, I'm quite tempted. When When is that? Uh, August, middle of August, I think. Heroes and Villains. Yes, I, I can I can get the details to you guys. To, but, yeah. Uh, very amusing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. been good chat. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're going to wrap that one up. Uh, We'll come back in a moment with some feedback and then we will finish the show up. 
Look out, it's Jackie Chan! Oh no, Shadokan! I have to split! See you round! With Jackie Chan, the high-octane martial arts never stops! Shadokan can fly! What goes up must come down! Action-packed figures from Jackie Chan Adventures, each sold separately. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. John, you have our feedback for tonight, so over to you. Our feedback tonight comes from uh, Massive Attack at the Massive, or at the MA Podcast on Twitter and they were commenting on the Leon figure review back in episode 12. They said after um, the figure was lovingly described, they were going to go back and watch the film so they could discuss it in their next podcast, which is pretty cool. Cause that's a, a really good film to, to go back and watch. And it was lovingly described. It was. Yeah. Oh wait, hang on. We love and care. Love and care. Yes. <laughs> but if you haven't seen that movie, geez, yeah, go see that. Absolutely. The professional, a.k.a. Lee, Leon, was it called something else, Ben? Oh, uh, yeah, in some places it was actually called Leon the Professional. Ah, uh, just to confuse <laughs> everybody. That's right. All right, well, that brings us to the end of episode number 23 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps some visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store and popculture.com who keep, help keep the site running. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all on the Action Figure Blues forum at afbforum.com. I post there as Dozy Muppet, Scott posts there as Scotty, Ben posts there as Fish Milkshake, and John posts there as Engineer Nerd. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics. And you can do it by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter on the at AFBlues handle and you can like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. Well, that's it for another epic, guys. It's been Indeed. magic. It's been epic. And long and it's epic. It's been fun. <laughs> I, I laughed, I cried, it became a part of me. Did we record all those bits? Sure. <laughs> we'll see what the magic brings forth. That's right, we'll see, we'll see what the magic brings. <laughs> it was magic. Thank you, especially, John, for getting up extra early for us. Yes, oh, no you, problem. John. No Apologies problem again. at all. And um, we will speak to you all again soon. See ya. Good night, Argentina. Bye. Argentina. Bye. Bye. John, just so you know, when we say our names, you're you're going second.
Okay. Ben, then you. We can change that order, but... No, we can't. It's in the script. No, it's in the script. Hello. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. You're uh, in fine form tonight. Sorry. <laughs> You're in fine form tonight. <laughs> really wants to be here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Alrighty. And I'm so happy. So very okay. happy. And John... Yes. Can you try and say your name a little bit more enthusiastically and a little bit less, less frightened? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I've got another. I've got another idea. How about we all do it in the same tone as John? Scott. You can try. Ben. John. Scott. And yeah, have that right. Midwest sexiness to it. That will be really exciting. Okay, so we just need to do the Ben, John, Scott, and Scott because there was an echo there. So do you want me to pretend to throw to it? Sure. Okay. You're in the green zone. You guys ready? Yep. Five, four, three. I'm Eli, and with me tonight are Ben, John, and Scott. <laughs> 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 that was actually very good. It's just that somebody laughed after he said it. <laughs> I'm going to press okay, mute as like giggling from the outset. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Okay, everybody, uh, it's time for everybody's favorite time of the, the podcast, or at least mine. Uh, the... <laughs> I was going to say, hey. <laughs> I like the bit where I talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, start over. No, that was funny. Keep it, keep it. Good. Keep going. I actually thought it was great, yes. and then you clowns had to ruin it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, go again. I was trying not to laugh. I wanted, to, I wanted John to keep going. Um, okay, we'll just go on. Yeah. Uh, last week. When I... Oh, no, I think you better start again now. Oh, I forget it. We... Eli's lost it. Uh, all right, I'm just going to mute for a while. Are we ready again? I don't know about Eli, but I am. Okay. I can count it for if you want. Oh, if you want to, go ahead. All right. I'm going to do the uh, the sophisticated uh, one where I go five, four, three, and then say nothing. And then you have to count in your imaginary two and one. That can be hard sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Five, four, three. Two, one. I was just helping. <laughs> oh, midnight, here we come. You bastard. <laughs> okay, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the podcast, or at least mine. Uh, name that. And last time I left you with a sound that sounded something like... Insert sound here. 
All right. Um, do you guys have any guesses on what that sound was? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, John. All I, all I can do is apologize. We're, we're not all like this. Scott really needs to invest in a mute button. Ah. Uh, and then he needs one. He needs one for his computer too. 